Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Morning show. Today is Friday, September 9th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of 17 degrees in Edmonton. Love the energy. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Everly. Love it, kiddo. <laughs> She's gonna be our co-host in a couple of years. I didn't I like need it. I didn't need to drag her out of bed this morning. She's in nope. a better mood. <laughs> had to drag me out though yeah <laughs> sorry i'm late <laughs> um i could hear them yelling from downstairs i'm upstairs hurry up you're late <laughs> hurry up okay okay good morning to you guys as well hey and good morning to everybody listening live yeah. and not live hello all of our live and not live listeners uh we are broadcasting live, live. As, as we, we do, do. <clears throat> turn that going here <laughs> as we do every morning at 6 a.m mountain time monday through friday uh joining in live is going to be the way that you get the most benefit from this show okay the purpose the intent of this out of this uh of this show is to give everyone a free resource to get their questions answered every single day so that, that they can go out and take action if you are not utilizing this resource to its full potential, you are not trying hard enough. Facts. Okay. If you are still where you were seven months ago, nine months ago in January, and you don't feel like you're moving and you just can't seem to figure out why it's because, and it's because you, you don't have the answers to your questions because you don't want to pay for that $30,000 program. This is why the show is here. It's for that. It's okay? for you. If you would prefer us to just talk about our day and our successes and our cool sound clips, <laughs> then stay tuned. It's going to be a great show. But if you came here to take action, you came here to get your questions answered, you came here to become a successful real estate investor, well, sir and ma'am, you are in the right place. We look forward to helping you today <laughs> and ending your week on a high note. Today is Friday. Yeah, it is. Friday, September 9th. Was it a short week? 2022. It was a short week, but I said a couple times throughout the week that this is the longest short week ever. Not that like, I was like, oh my God, when's it going to be the weekend? But like every day I was like, oh, it's Thursday. Nope. It's Wednesday. Oh, it's Friday. Nope. It's Thursday. Do you find there's a difference now that um, the kid's in school? Oh, I don't know. My phone's just, frozen. Your phone is frozen? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I'd like to uh, jump into the chat here and then... Um, just to kind of see how things are going, how everybody's doing this morning. 
a whole lot of hellos, good mornings. Good morning to you too. <laughs> Chris says he's great. Awesome. Well, I'll just let you guys just uh, figure out what it is that you want to talk about today and what you want to answer. In the meantime, how about a word from our sponsor? DCI Properties. Let's do it. A lot of people ask us, how do I find a good property to buy? Where do I look? What do I do? Lately, that answer has been pretty easy. We just tell them to visit www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers to get on the DCI Properties exclusive buyers list. These guys have new deals coming out every week with a mix of turnkey rental properties, secondary suite conversions, fix and flips, and burr projects. They give you all of the property info, handle all of the paperwork, and if it's your first deal, they even have staff to help you walk through the process. We've bought deals from them before ourselves, and the process was super simple. So if you're an investor and are wondering where your next deal is going to come from, don't wait. Get on their buyers list today. For Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers. Or if you're looking for a deal in Ontario, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. All right. All right. We're going to get into upcoming events here, but um, we have a quick question uh, that I want to answer uh, from one of our listeners here in the show. Uh, the question is, how many times do you talk to a potential money partner who declines before you stop offering them the opportunity to partner? I have two answers to this question. I'll give you, I'll give you the honest one. He, he added something. It says, or more specifically, pulls back last minute. Can you reread the question? Yeah. How many times do you talk to a potential money partner who declines before you stop offering them the opportunity to partner? Or more specifically, pulls back last minute. My opinion on raising capital is very serious. Because raising capital is probably the number one thing that prevents people from actually... Um, number two thing that prevents people from succeeding because ultimately you need to be able to get out of bed and turn on your phone or, or go out to Tim Hortons and meet these people. Okay. So it's the number two thing that prevents people from being successful because I find the number one thing is that people don't even call the fucking joint venture partner in the first place. Yes. So you've already, you're already better than 90% of people because you've already gotten to the meeting. But if someone says no, my opinion is, don't stop until they tell you to fuck off. That's when you know for sure that they do not want to partner with you. Otherwise, be fucking relentless. See, raising money... <laughs> if you're just going to go buy three or four rental properties over the next 30 years, you don't need to go crazy. You know what I mean? You can just kind of ask your family members and your friends and just in passing, you can save up $100,000 over the next five years, right? No big deal if you really want it, right? And then do that uh, four times over the next 20 years. R save up $100,000 every five years and buy a rental property. There you go. You hit your goal. No big deal. Maybe in there you find one joint venture partner. Okay? Not a big deal. If, you, if your goal is anything more than $5,000 a month in passive income, 
then you need to be fucking relentless and not be afraid of whether someone's going to think less of you. You do not need to be best friends with everyone. And I promise you, as a successful entrepreneur and investor, you will not be best friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. I've learned, and this some of this is going to offend some of you, actually. And that's fine. I'm not talking to the people that are offended right now. I'm talking to the people who are fucking audacious that want fucking big skyscraper buildings. I might be exaggerating, but the the thought process, the the ambitious ones, I'm talking to the ambitious ones right now. You literally need to call everyone you know and then call them again and then call them again and then call them again and and then meet more people and relentlessly call them as well until they tell you to fuck off and then cross their name off the list and go to the next person. That's the truth. And you can do that and still be a good person. But you need to have that underlying thought in your mind and belief that I need to basically keep asking this person until they say, hey, you know what, Jeremy? Go fuck yourself. Stop calling me. I blocked you. Okay, I know for sure this person's not going to partner with me. And that friendship might be ruined, but then again, I can make a new friend. (laughs) To a lot of people in the world. Now don't go bug don't don't go bug them if they don't have any money if there's no prospect of them partnering with you you know what I mean like I, you can still do this and be a good person but find that happy balance but then again my follow up question to Jeremy is have you called everyone you know or are you just calling the same five people I have a feeling Jeremy's calling everybody he knows. There's obviously more to it as well. It's not just um, they said no. Like, what are their holdbacks? Have you addressed what their concerns are? Have you addressed why they pulled back? Mm-hmm. Like, all of those things come into play as well. It's not just like, hey, you want to invest? No. Okay, bye. Hey, you want to invest? No. Okay, bye. That's that's yes. that. There's right a lot there. more. That to is it. exactly what I'm talking about right there. That's what I'm talking about right now. Because there's strategy. Yeah. Right. And if anyone who's ever watched me present on joint ventures or how to find joint venture partners or how to get the money, there's there's much more strategies and tactics that I can implement into this. I can also say, okay, what is the, you know, preventing them from saying yes? Can I give that to them and still make this as a good deal? Yes. Okay, then do it. Fine. Sure. Whatever. I'll put the reserve fund in. No, not a big deal. You want me to have some skin in the game? I'll put five grand in. If it gets the deal done, right? You want 75% and I only get 25%? I have to ask myself, is this deal still good if I get 25%? Yeah? Okay, cool. Fucking do it. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Move on. Get the deal done. Move on to the next one. Because when you get that first deal done, it's going to make the second deal significantly easier because people are going to see that you've done deals. Right? So there's lots of other ways and angles to look at this. But what I'm trying to address right now is the people that go up to people and say, Hi, would you like to invest with me? And they say no. And you're like, Okay. And you move on to the next person. Whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't try. Come come back at it with a different angle. All right? And if they say, oh, the timing's not right, or I'm really interested, just it just doesn't quite feel right right now. I don't know. There's there's I just want to see how the market plays out. Okay, those are the people that you definitely go back to. Right? Mm-hmm. Sales, sales is all about the follow-up. 
make sure you're following up, following up, following up until they tell you to go fuck yourself. And then you're like, okay, I think that's the line. Mm-hmm. And then move on. Um, so Jeremy says, I am calling everyone. It's the ones that say yes and decide not to right before we put in paper Mm. repeatedly. Letter of intent. Join the master's program and I'll teach you all about that. (laughs) Letter of intent. There is a lot more to it, um, that I can get into tactics and stuff like that. Um, but to answer your original question, um, as it was asked, it just to the point where they tell you to go fuck yourself is the answer. And I think that's the answer that most people need to hear as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In this case, they're of this person that he's speaking of is obviously interested. Yes. They want to let me, something scaring them or holding them back. Yeah, for sure. Let me reiterate this. If you're just, if you just want a handful of properties, and you want to continue the lifestyle that you already have, then you don't need you don't need this approach. Okay. Personally, I don't think it's worth it for you. Right? I don't think the risk, because there is risks involved with with that level of of tenacity. There are risks that will affect your your current lifestyle. And if you're planning on maintaining this current lifestyle and you're not planning on building something bigger and better where that lifestyle isn't a part of it and those people aren't a part of it, then it's not worth the risk of ruining those relationships for a couple properties. And you need to have to, you have to look at that. At what am I trying to achieve? Where am I going to be? And is it worth being tenacious right now? Or is it not? If I'm still going to be hanging out with these people and still playing baseball in 20 years from now, well, don't worry about it. There's other ways. You can find other people. Just keep asking more people. Don't quit after the third person that says no, by the way. That's another thing, too. That was something that I gathered last night. We had our master's uh, coaching call last night. And um, that was something that we didn't really address. So for those of you that are listening, I know we didn't specifically address this, but this is something that I thought about afterwards, was that when people are saying no or people are saying, ah, I don't know, you know, how much are you bringing to the deal? You don't have enough skin in the game. I never really addressed this last night, but how many people, because that's, that's a very common thing that people deal with, right? Mm-hmm. But when you've only talked to three people, you can't use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. You got to talk to a thousand, right? If you're going up to someone and they're like, well, I want you to have some money in the deal. And then you come back, you know, to our master's coaching call and say, like, it doesn't work. They said that I need to have money in the deal. They want us to have skin in the game. Well... How many people have you asked? Because if you ask three people and you get the same excuse, that's pretty normal. I'm pretty sure most of the people that are here that, you know, that have experience with raising capital, they've all heard that before. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very common. Yeah. It's a very common rejection. What you need to do is you need to ask a thousand people and then you need to go back to those original people first. Again, you got to be fucking relentless. It is a grind. I tell you, it is a grind raising capital. And not everybody's cut out for it. And I don't know, I personally, I've said this before, I do not know a lot of big players in Canada that have actually achieved it. Now you see a lot on Instagram and social media, there's probably 50 people that you follow, right? And podcasts and stuff like that. And you're like, I want to be like them. But for, for for the 50 people that are there that have actually raised capital successfully, 
at scale. There's tens of thousands that haven't. It's hard. It's a grind. So you, you need to be relentless if you want to be successful at it. Otherwise, you're just going to be another one of those unsuccessful ones. The, ten, the tens of thousands that didn't. <clears throat> Oh boy, I could do a whole master class on this today. Thanks for asking that question. It was good timing. It was really good timing because that was that was the big conversation yeah, that we had last night on the master's coaching call. That was the big conversation we were having. Must be the change of season. Everybody wants to get on capital raising right now. You're realizing the year's almost over. <laughs> Haven't done anything. Either that or leaves start falling and people realize, shit, I need a joint venture partner. Maybe they spent the last nine months focusing on the strategy. Yeah. Right? And then they finally said, okay, that's it. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to buy that property. But first, I need to find some money. And then they're like, oh, shit. This whole capital raising thing is just as hard as trying to figure out the strategy. <laughs> Yeah, you got to buckle in. It is. It's. It's. It's a. It's a journey. It's a grind. But you guys are doing good. You know who you are. You guys are doing really good. Keep at it. Okay. Don't quit. And keep asking questions. Upcoming events. September eighteenth, fix and flip investor meetup at our Twaddle Place Flip in Edmonton. Yeah, come meet me, and meet other people who are doing shit. That's how we should advertise it. It's free. Come be, on out. Be among us. <laughs> surround yourself with action takers, with fucking doers. Right? You can come on and check out a cool fix and flip too. It should be... It should be painted by them. Maybe. <laughs> Some of it. Some of it will be yeah. painted. Yeah, so that's September 18th from 2 to 5 p.m. Uh, you don't need to be there whole, the whole time. You can pop in whenever. We're going to have a bouncy castle in the yard. Bring your kids. Bring your kids. Bring your kids. Yeah, it'll be a good time. September 18th. Uh, to, September 24th, we have another meetup in Calgary. To No, date change. To register, you can oh. go to the uh, Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group, and the Eventbrite link is pinned to the top there. Um, Garrett, it is Tweddle is spelled T W E D D L E, Tweddle Place. He asked in the comments. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, Wayne just um, alluded to another meetup on the 24th in Calgary, which has been actually rescheduled. I am trying to figure out when. I will let you know in just a moment. Okay, so it has been rescheduled to Wednesday, September 21st at 5.30 p.m., 5.30 to 7.30. So that's a weekday meetup in Calgary, Wednesday, September 21st, 5.30 to right. 7.30. Um, Does that change things for me? <clears throat> should I go? I, I should probably go. Wayne might be there. There's a good possibility I might be there. I got to check in on that project and it's going to be two weeks from now. So that'd be a good time to check. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, yeah. So after that, uh, Barry McGuire is holding his agreement for sale course in Edmonton live in person on September 24th. 
So if you're interested in learning uh, in depth about the agreement for sale strategy, that is the place you want to be. Um, really, really in depth. You get like a Bible manual to go with it. And at the end, every single question you can come up with and think of about agreement for sale will be answered. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to miss it if you're thinking about using agreement for sale as a strategy for your portfolio. And BarryMcGuire.ca. BarryMcGuire.ca to register. Thank you. And on September 28th, Mr. McGuire and Mr. Wayne Hillier will be speaking at the Mogul Mastermind here in Edmonton as well. Yeah. I believe, is that still in person and online? Yeah. Yeah. So um, you can either show up in person in Edmonton here, or if you are not in Edmonton or you are antisocial, well, actually, if you're antisocial, get over it and get there so you can um, network. <laughs> Give your head a shake. Give your head a shake. But you can also uh, join in online as well. So they'll be, oh, sorry, on, they'll be talking about uh, agreement for sale as well. So yeah. obviously hot topic these days, agreement for sale. Yeah, <laughs> there's a reason. There's yeah. a reason. It's a big opportunity, opportunity in the market. In the market. Yeah. So hop on it. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to presenting. I haven't been on stage in a while. Mm -hmm. Last year. It's been a year. Finally, I'm going to get out of my, my basement You're office. You're at Rapid Cash. You're oh, okay. Yeah. Up there a bit. Finally crawling out of my basement office and putting some pants on. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good for pictures. Yeah. That's what it's good for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mr. Pete Repeat is calling in this morning. What? what? Say what? <laughs> okay. Is he Sorry, calling? Sorry, that was though? probably loud. Yeah. Oh, did he pocket loud. dial? If he, if he, if he bought dialed the call in <laughs> button, I swear. I swear to God. Is he gone? Uh, I don't know. Let's just try again. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Oh my God. Like warm. Well, well, good morning. Thanks so much for, for taking the call. I know I'm like, uh, I'm like a ghost in the back. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> you a lot. It's okay. That's okay. That's okay in my part too. Keeps you sharp. Hey, listen. So I, I've got uh, I've got a question that that came up just yesterday. I've got a uh, you know that I own a couple of couple of uh, suite of duplexes, mm -hmm. and uh, I've got a I've got a tenant who uh, I've been sorry. Let me take a step back. I've been trying to keep it as low amount of people in in the uh, suite of duplexes as as possible to keep noise down. Uh, and the one gal that's on a main floor, three bedroom, one bath uh, unit, she, um, she's gotten, gotten into a medical crisis uh, last week because of, and she sent me a note about this, because she's in a, in a tight pinch financially and she's having troubles making some payments. Uh, and she's asked about if she can get a, a, a roommate to help her with, uh, with paying the rent. And so... My question is, is uh, I, I know that I've been picky as ever to screen these tenants to make sure that people are, are uh, having good credit and good, solid people. Um, but now how do, you, how do you work allowing somebody who's, who's supposedly, um, uh, you know, you're trying to get as low a number of people in there as possible, but now she wants a roommate. Now you have to get 
the roommate situation, which might not be as successful as a couple situation. How do you guys handle that? And how do you incorporate another person onto a lease when she's four months into it, into this, into this lease? And uh, how do you, how do you piggyback another uh, person into it? That's my questions. Okay. Um, just uh, for the sake of the audio, I'm going to disconnect you and answer the question. Uh, thanks for calling in, Pete. Yeah, you betcha. And by the way, thank you very much for uh, being an, an inspiration for this whole journey of nonsense of real estate investing. So <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. It's been a, a rocky road for me and, and uh, it's been an interesting, but but also from from a guy who's got, you know, in the workforce for 20 some years, um, this has been a good adventure because it's forced me to learn a lot about a different venue of, of potential income, a different uh, job, not really job. Yeah, job. But it's, but it's also um, just real estate investing has taken me to a new level where it's been about uh, finding what really makes me happier and, and uh, uh, you know, shit or get off the pot kind of thing has, has taken uh, an approach where, you know what, you're, you're forced to learn. I'm up at six o'clock in the morning to work out, listen to you guys. Um, I've, I've uh, taken, taken uh, better health, uh, better stand on my health. I've, I've changed a lot of things. And I think it's all because of the whole approach of shit or get off the pot, start this whole thing of real estate investing, take care of your health, change what you're doing, spend more time with the kids, whatever it is, maybe uh, reduce the work, uh, the, the, the job and uh, focus your attention in, in other ways. So I want to I wanna shout out to you and say thanks a lot for being a part of the inspiration of trying to get this thing going. That means a lot, man. Thank you. Yeah, you got absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. We'll see you soon, Pete. You got it. Um, <clears throat> I love that. Pete came to one of our uh, cabin retreats and um, he's definitely got the fire to, to make things happen. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's nice to, to hear that from him. Absolutely. Um, so there's a couple of things I want to touch on and then I'll let uh, Gabby, I'll let you talk about the, um, the technicalities, the technic, the technical side of how to do that. Um, first thing I want to point out that, that Pete just added a second ago was that, um, he said the magic word and that magic word is focus. Right. And for him, it was family. It was less time about, you know, less time at work because, you know, he's, he's very passionate about his career, mm -hmm. um, about his, you know, his business that he owns. Um, and that's just what he loves doing. And he, and he, it's his baby. And he had to be a little selfish there in order to be like, you know what, I'm going to work less and I'm going to spend more time with my kids. I'm going to spend more time, you know, focusing on my body. You know what I mean? So he, I think that Pete kind of had to retrain himself to be a little more selfish, to focus on the things that are most important. Mm -hmm. And that was a, you know, a big thing that we discussed when, when he was at the cabinet retreat there last year. So it's, it's really great to hear that. Especially and when you own your own business, that's a hard thing to step back from. Like you have literally poured 
endless hours yeah. and stress and money and whatever it is into building something. And then to be at a point where it's established and you say, well, okay, I need to step back now. That's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. And you kind of feel guilty. Yeah. You feel guilty for not putting 100% into it. You know what I mean? But. Good for you, Pete. Yeah. You got to be, you got to be selfish and, and he's focusing on the right things and he's, he's changing the way that he looks at things and the way he processes his decisions. It's great. I love it. I love it. And, and Pete not, might not be the person that's going skyscraper high. And, and Pete knows that he established that he's not skyscraper Pete, but he's doing some amazing things that are going to get him closer to what, you know, doing the things that he wants to do every day. Right. Mm-hmm. So that he's less married to his his business, and and more focused on the things that are important, which is his family, ultimately. So it made me really happy to hear that, and thank you, thank you so much for saying those things. It's um, mm-hmm. that's why we do it. So that's great. Um, so the first part of your question there with the woman that wants to add a a roommate. I think from a pro I'm looking at this from the problem solving perspective. When I heard that, I heard that the woman was having some health issues, health crisis, something along those lines. And rather than being like, Hey man, I don't have the money, man. Like, can you like, can we do like a payment plan or something, man? Because I don't have it and I got to pay my medical bills. There was no, from what I understand and the way you explained it. And, and, and by the fact that you explained it that way, because you probably could have exaggerated it based on the, your feelings towards the situation. The way that you explained it to me was that it was quite reasonable. And that's the way that you perceived it, that it, that was quite, quite reasonable, right? Because I find that a lot of people, when they experience that situation, they tell someone else, they exaggerate it. You know, they, they, add, they add like a kind of effect yeah. to the, the other person's voice. There, there was no villainizing there. So I can, I, I, I got... I got the feeling that this is a legit concern for her and rather than looking for a handout or playing victim, she was focused on finding a solution. So I like that personally. I respect that. I respect it from her and I respect it from you for recognizing that Mm -hmm. even though maybe you didn't realize that you recognize (laughs) it. I recognized it. So you're coming at this from the right approach and so is she. So this is salvageable. I think that it's worth it to explore that solution because the alternative would be that this is going to get messy and not messy. Like she's going to trash the place and she's going to owe you tens of thousands of dollars. It means that you're probably going to have to tell her, no, I'm sorry. I do not accept your request for a roommate. Um, Therefore uh, you're going to have to pay the rent yourself. And she's going to respond, you know, with, I don't have it, Pete. I'm sorry. I don't have it. And if I can't, if I can't pay the, then I'm going to have to leave. And you're going to be like, well, you're responsible for the rent until the end of the fixed term lease. And it's just, it's not going to go well because it's not salvageable. So you have an option of whether to, to, to work with her and, and, and accept her solution or say, well, I'm unfortunately, if this, if this isn't going to work out and you can no longer pay 
you know, your rent and you can no longer afford it, then I will allow you out of your lease and then we can both move on from this amicably. But then you got a vacancy and then she's like, you know, getting kicked out when she's got a medical emergency. It's just, it's all really bad and messy. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, I would, I would explore the solution. Now, the technical side of that solution, I mean, Gabby will get involved in on that because she's going to tell you how to properly screen, how to do it, you know, how to do it right so that, you know, you're not increasing your risks. Um, and yeah, I'll let Gabby take it away from that point. Yeah. And I was, I was going to kind of say the same, I had the same thoughts, sorry, as Wayne in that, like, to me, the two options here are that you accept that she will find a roommate which again, she, I love that she came to you with a solution. It's the same thing. Like, um, I just spoke about it a week or two ago, like the tenant who had his truck stolen, he had to buy some emergency tools so he could keep working, um, his job. He didn't quite have the rent, but he came to me and said, look, this is a situation. I'm not going to have full rent. Can I pay you this much, um, on the first? And then by the ninth today, he owes the rest of it by the ninth, I'll pay the remainder. And I said, that is totally reasonable. And thank you for coming to me in advance. You know what I mean? Instead of just like a lot of people just play victim and say, sorry, I'm not going to have it and deal with it type of thing. So I love that she came to you with the solution. And I would also, yeah. So Pete here says she was very genuine and honest about the situation. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. So that, um, from a landlord perspective, um, I have mad respect when, when tenants come to me in advance with what their situation is and when they bring a solution instead of me being like, well, when are you going to have the rent? When are you going to pay? Like, you know what I mean? So um, so this is a good situation to be in. And I 100% think that, that your best case scenario is that she does find a roommate and you do keep getting rent and you don't need to allow her out of her lease and have a vacancy and try to find somebody new. I think this is a good option. So um, when we have allowed roommates or if somebody has, um, you know, said my roommate's moving out, is it okay if I find another person so that I can continue to afford this place? We've had those situations for sure in the past. Mm -hmm. And um, so what I do is I just say, absolutely, that's not a problem. I understand mm -hmm. your, your situation. Um, but be very clear that whoever they find needs to be, needs to uh, submit an application and be screened just the same as they were when they were approved for the suite. So there's a chance that you may find somebody that may, really work for you, but they may not pass my screening process. So you need to understand that this is this is how this is going to work, that they need to fit within my guidelines for who I accept into my suites. And I hope that we can quickly find somebody for you that will be approved. So just make sure that that's very clear so that there's no like if they found their dream roommate and then they don't pass your screening, that it doesn't create um, haste or or whatnot. Can I add in a, a side note that um, you are not required to tell them why someone was not approved. Yeah. See that it, there's, there's a few technical, there's some technical stuff in the, in the residential tenancy act that would um, prevent you from um, accepting a new person, but just know that this, this doesn't apply to that. This doesn't apply to the rules of subletting. This doesn't apply to the rules of abandonment of the lease. There is still a lease in place and they are requesting a revision of their lease to which you are not responsible to say yes to any of this. 
And if they send you someone to come and, and add on to the lease and you screen them and you say no, you do not have to tell them why. You, and if they start referencing anything that's under the, the, the clauses that fall under subletting or abandonment of the lease, it does not apply to this. I just want to add that in there before someone starts poking holes in this. Um, so yeah, if somebody does pass your screening and you are adding them to the lease, um, there's a couple different ways that you can go about, um, you know, you mentioned how, how do I add them in? She's four months into the lease. What do I do? So, uh, what we personally do, what I do is I just do a one page amendment, um, which has your name, the tenant's name, the start date of the lease, and then it has kind of like a comment section of, of what the amendment is. And in there, I would state something along the lines of so-and-so um, has been added to the lease. They are responsible, uh, are they, yeah, they're responsible for the terms of the uh, lease and yada, yada. Like, the, um, I can't remember the exact yada, wording yada, that yada, I yada, use, yada. but... Um, <laughs> Um, but they, yeah, they get like added in with just a one pager stating that they, they understand they're responsible for the terms of the whole lease agreement and that, um, they're responsible till the end of the lease agreement as well. And then they sign it, the existing tenant signs it and you as a landlord sign it. And then it's just kind of like an additional page that gets tacked onto the lease. Or you can just write up a new lease with both tenants names on it and do it for a 10 month period. Yes. Um, so the, <clears throat> the difficulty that I find in writing a whole new lease is that you need to then reference, uh, the damage deposit has been previously paid and will carry forward to this term, um, blah, blah, blah. Like you just need to start amending a bunch of spots of the lease because the tenant was already in place and the deposits already been paid and, and all the, the inspection has already been done, all those types of things. Um, oh, that's another thing you would mention in the this, amendment yeah. is that they also um, are responsible for the walk-in inspection portion of it as well, that yes. they understand that they are signing on as agreed to the initial state of the, yeah. Yeah, of the yeah. lease. Courtney had a follow-up. I don't know if you have time for to read this or if I'm killing your flow. But um, if you if you sign an amendment, do you give them a copy of the original lease so they yes. have a copy of the terms? Yes, 100%. Um, so they're saying that they agree that they're responsible for the terms of the of the original lease, which means you need to provide them a copy yes. <laughs> or else they don't know what they're responsible for. Do you mind if I add something on? Sure. Um, so in regards to the security deposit, they would not be giving you a security deposit because this lease you have already received as the landlord, you've already received the security deposit. It's the responsibility of the other person on the lease to work it out between them and the new person coming in on their agreement for the security deposit. You're jumping the gun. Oh, got you got that listed. as a note. Okay, yeah. perfect. Um, <laughs> okay. You as get back to your class, please. I'm going to drink my coffee. Um, yeah. And like Pete's asking here in the comments. Um, so like if there was an amendment, um, is that like where you can modify the utility costs as well? I use amendments for all types of things. I use it for um, if they're adding a pet and now there's a pet that's allowed and there's going to be an additional pet fee. Like I, I put all types of things in amendments because it's easier than rewriting an, an entire lease every time somebody makes a change. True to that. 
Um, so yeah, you can, you can do whatever you want in that amendment and tack it onto the lease. And then it's just like, if it ever say came to the RTD arrest, they have the lease and then they have their little one pager that says, oh, okay. So they extended their lease for another year. So, you know, the initial lease says they were due out in 2021, but now I see it's 2022 and they now, okay. Yeah. They were allowed that dog, which increased the rent by $50. Okay. So they can just like take that one page and see, okay, these were the changes that were made. So it's, it's pretty simple. Um, yeah. So those are the two ways you can do it. You can either rewrite the lease for 10 month period for the remainder of the year or sorry, eight. My math was bad. You said she's been in there for four months. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just tack on a one pager. So, okay. So there's screening and how to add the person. Now Wayne just brought up the security deposit. So this, I always tell the person who, um, who you already have the lease with that nothing that on my end, nothing changes with the security deposit. If you want to collect a portion of your security deposit from the person, you need to do up your own roommate agreement and, and put that in place and do your own thing. As far as I'm concerned, it's been paid by you. It'll be returned to you. Um, but you're both responsible. Like if, if somebody damages the place and, and if she damages the place and we take something out of the security deposit, you're receiving the remainder of the security deposit. Like you, well, because that person was the person that paid it. Yeah. You pay it back. You pay to it back person. to whoever paid it. Yes. So if they want to do anything beyond that and do, you know, she, this other person now pays half, that's up to them to work out. And their roommate agreement, which they had the option to, to yeah. do. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's something called a roommate agreement. Um, that's usually only used if there's like a few roommate situation. A lot of people use it for, um, like a lot of tenants will put it in place. If there's like a bunch of students, Mm -hmm. uh, living together, uh, just helps keep things (laughs) in check, I guess. I, yeah, Yeah. I'd I'd still do it even even if I had one roommate. I mean, just, you gotta get Roommates can, they can get messy. They don't always get messy, but they can. Just, you gotta have it on paper. I mean, if I were the room, if I were the roommate moving into that situation, I'd want all this on paper. Like, I want to know I'm getting my damage deposit back. Well, yeah, like you're asking for 750 bucks. Like, how do I know I'm going to get that back? Well, you damaged that closet. So they deducted 500 bucks from the damage deposit. So I'm taking it out of year 500. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, we split that. No, well, you damaged it. So tough titty. I got the money. Take me to court, bud. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want something in writing. Yeah. That I'm getting that back. Yeah. Um, and then beyond the deposit, the other note that I had here was that um, <clears throat> for rent payment, the rent still gets paid by the main tenant. So at, she took on a roommate. She's going to collect rent from said roommate and she is going to send you the payment. You're not going to receive 50% from tenant A and 50% from tenant B. You are going to continue to collect the full rent from tenant A. Yes. So again, it's up to her to collect, you know, like I said about the, de- the, the deposit, it's the same thing for the rent. So she is responsible. She is your main contact. She is the person who signed the lease with you and nothing is going to change about, about your deposit situation or about how you collect rent. So you're not kind of like amending everything to, um, to make things easier for her. She is responsible for, for what she signed up for. Who said tough titties? Did you? I did. And you hate that. I didn't say titties. <laughs> is it, t- 
Is it tough plural? T- it's tough titty, said the kitty, but the milk's still good. Okay, but is it plural? No. Okay. I said singular. <laughs> yeah, I don't say the whole thing. Uh, so when people have never heard that before, they just hear Wayne say tough titty. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose that doesn't... Okay. I'm not going to say the whole thing. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry, just for anyone who is confused about all that. Yeah, okay. Um, um, anyway, so yeah, that's those, those are all the notes that I had. And hopefully that's a good run through of kind of how you would put that in place. Um, yeah. That's a great start. I, I, I think that- If you were part I, of the, and if you were part of the mentorship program, you would have access to lease amendments and all kinds of fun stuff that would help you with that. Well, <laughs> there you go. Sorry. There you go. But I think that, I'm that that made me happy. One that Pete called in. Two that Pete said all those nice things. And three that you just gave Pete like the best fucking answer. Oh, good. That he could, in my opinion, in my opinion, that's why I passed it off to you because I knew that you were going to provide the best answer. Awesome. Um, and hopefully that helps Pete get through um, what he's working through today and makes it a little bit easier, and he can, you know, that's the point of this, right? That's the whole. That's the point, Pete. You, you use the resources before you. Right? That's I the... think we need to send Pete a cake. I'm going to bake <laughs> Pete a cake. I'm going to bake you a cake. Um, there was a question and there is a caller. Mm. Um, Ken asks... He says, I use the Calgary Residential Real Estate Association lease form. Gabby, what do you use? Uh, Sorry, who was that? Ken? Yeah. Ken, do you mean um, like lease agreement or are you talking about a form they have for amendments? Mm. Um, So I I guess I'll just answer both Um, for our lease agreement. Okay, lease agreement. Um, So... It ours actually started as pulling a lease agreement. Remember, when we started, there were no resources. There was nobody sharing lease agreements. There was nothing. You were on your own. Yeah. Um. So it started as the. Um. Do you guys know of the website LawDepot.com? So Law Depot, you basically like pick from a drop down bar of what your situation is, what kind of form you're looking, legal form you're looking for in Alberta or you pick your province, I think it might be like Canada wide. So you pick your province, what type of form are you looking for? You, um, they ask you a bunch of individualizing questions and then they spit out a form. So one of them is a lease agreement. And we um, started with that and then through a decade of experience have amended the crap out of it. So we have a very personalized lease agreement form that has been through trial and error and experience um, that we've adapted to what it is today. So yeah, that's the one that we use. (laughs) Which again, if you're part of the master's mentorship program, you have access to our lease that has decades of experience poured into it. (laughs) A decade. I think I said decades. A decade of experience poured into it. And then I actually don't really remember where the amendment, the one pager amendment came from. I don't know if I made that or if I got it from somewhere or someone, but. Let me take a peek at it really quickly. 
Or it, would it, the one pager? Yeah. Would it be under documents or? Um, yeah, you can, I mean, you can go into the, the master mentees. Vault. Oh, it's in there. Yeah. yeah. The, the vault if you want. I'm just curious. Once I see it, I'll, I'll know if master's vaults. Yeah. So what's with it the, called? With, um, residential lease addendum or something like that under rental so. rental no oh there oh jesus christ gabby you got a lot of forms in here yeah this is overwhelming <laughs> you got pet addendum notice of entering property non-renewal notice communication and maintenance agreements Rent roll, rental lease agreement blank, rental lease extension addendum. Yeah, so that, that would that be it? the same one. Yeah, I use it statement often of account, as rent an ledger, extension. Statement of account, security deposit statement. Yeah, so when people <laughs> when people re-sign their lease for an additional year, I don't I don't okay. drop a new lease. I add a one-pager addendum, the exact same addendum that I'm talking about for this other situation, and just state that the lease which was due to expire on such and such date has now been extended for an additional one year term and will um, end on this new such and such date a year later and then reference it back to um, section six of the residential lease agreement i think that this was a frankenstein uh, if i remember this doesn't look like something you'd pull from law depot Oh, no, definitely not. But I believe, if I recall, we probably leaned on our community and other experts, and and we created this ourselves. Yes. It doesn't need to be anything, like, it doesn't need to be drawn up by a lawyer. Yeah, no. So it has date of addendum. Um, has the property. It has the start. It has the, te- the, the, the party's names. It has the date. It has, you know, the details, and it has two sa- spots for signatures. That's all that's important. Yeah. Right? That's all you need for a contract. More than what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a couple things going on here. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Sorry. Some people are messaging me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that master's vault. Holy shit. I've never looked in it, to be honest. I say, Hey Gab, put all of our shit into a folder so that everybody has access to it in the master's program. And you're like, okay. And I never looked at it and I'm like, okay. This, this is actually really good. So is that the first time I've actually opened it up and looked at it? I try to um, make sure that everything you need is in there um, for our mentees. And yeah, it, it was a lot of work because all of those forms all had like all of our information in it. So mm. I literally went through every single form, removed all of our personal information, um, cleared out all those like especially the lease the lease is a big one where like deleting all the names all of our property details um all of our contact information um yeah yeah. and then creating like blank spots for their property address and their rent amount and their start and end dates and their security deposits so it makes things really easy for someone who's like okay well like hey where do i find the addendum and then we can just say hey it's in the master's vault Mm -hmm. hey it's in the master's vault it makes things a lot easier than going on the internet and asking people and getting five different versions and know, trying yeah. to figure out which one's good and which one's not good. Yeah. And you waste how many days yeah. trying to get the, th- the free version. Yeah. You know and we I mean? just had like one of our mentees um, ask about something within the act the other day. And um, I didn't, I, I was rushed in my answer. So I didn't have time to 
to post the reference material, but I said, fact check this with the act, which is in the vault. So although anybody can access the act online, sometimes it can be tricky to find, like when you're just quickly trying to pull up the, the document, the yeah. however many page PDF. Um, so that is in the vault so that it's like easy access. Yeah. Like, you know where to find it. Yeah. Don't got to go searching. Okay, Carlos has been waiting patiently, and we do have another question, which we will answer before we go. Morning. Good morning, Carlos. Welcome Hello. to the show. Thank you. Uh, I sent both you and uh, Gabby some pictures on Facebook Messenger. I saw it. It was like a handwritten letter. Sorry, I don't have <laughs> a moment to read it while I'm on the show. <laughs> yeah, geez, come on, Wayne. No, um, so it's his manifesto. <laughs> it's my manifesto. Look how short it is. This is impressive. <laughs> no. But also, there's also a picture at the end of what uh, my daughter Cambria drew. So, uh, I, saw. Um, hmm? I saw that, and yeah. it looked very colorful. I, I to, if I had, I, I only glanced at it. But did you get your daughter to draw a picture of the tiled house? I did. <laughs> and did it say we love your house? It says I love your I house. Love your house. Yeah. Wow, that is how you get a deal right there. Yeah, take notes, people. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't uh, heard back from them, so I'm writing a handwritten letter, and I'm just saying, hey, you know, we love your house. It's amazing. We can't find comparables that will let us get a mortgage in the area. Hey, and Carlos, Carlos, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? You're, You're very up. choppy. Yeah. Once I, uh, you know what. A, we we have a poor connection. I wonder if it's us. Let me know oh. if that's better. Can everybody uh, else hear him? Okay. You yeah, you seem better. better now. Can you just repeat what you said after the um, after I talked about your daughter? Yeah. Um, so essentially, I wrote a little letter, and it's just saying, "Hey, um, we love your house. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, we've been trying to figure out how to buy it, but the comparables in the area, we'll never be able to get a mortgage for it without putting like forty percent down." We're, we're thinking we could do this agreement for sale thing. We take over your mortgage. We pay your closing costs and all that stuff. Um, we would really like to make this work. If you want, we can meet up. We can talk more of the details. Nice. Nice. Remind me, Carlos, have you, have you taken an agreement for sale course? Uh, years ago. Years ago? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I'm a little rusty on it. Gotcha. Do you still have the manual? But I heard. I think so. Yeah. Somewhere. I, I never closed one, but I, I put a couple of agreements in. So worst case scenario, I just get into intense legal problems. <laughs> or I go to Barry McGuire's course next week or two weeks mm -hmm. from now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and just <laughs> 10 minutes in. Barry, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Uh, can you just look at this horrible legal mess really quickly before you get started? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, cut, I, I cut you off there. <laughs> I have a case study here for you, Barry. It may or may not be what's happening in my life right now. Well, that's good. I, 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 I really, um, the handwritten letter is a nice touch. It, it, yeah, it, it looks very, um, did you, what kind of paper did you put that on? Printing card paper. Stock? That it looks like, paper. it looks, it looks, um, how did you keep how did you keep the lines so straight? <laughs> I like oh, I <laughs> it looks like it needs the king's seal yeah, at the bottom of it. Yeah, it looks like it needs a seal. Like, you know, the I wax, made the a wax seal ring for myself when I was a teenager. Really? I would I would <laughs> yeah. roll that and put a wax seal on it. 
<laughs> Couldn't do it. Sorry. Did, did you have something else you want to talk about? We're just like, we're just all over the place. <laughs> just what other things have you found that would like, like letters and sending my daughter's drawings and stuff like that. What other strategies have you found to kind of get a foot in the door? Cause I know if you give anything to the realtor, they have to give it to the tenant or the seller. True. True. Uh, well, you've got their attention. You've got their attention. Definitely. I've never done it through realtors. Cause I think, I mean, um, it's, it's a deal killer. In my opinion, it's, it's, it's too hard to convey a message where that has to go through a realtor, through another realtor to the end, to, to the seller. Um, but I think that you've definitely got their attention. I would remove the agreement for sale portion of it. I don't know if it's in there, if you wrote it in there. I mean, I don't want you to have to rewrite that whole handwritten letter again. <laughs> but um, uh, I would I would never use the words agreement for sale. I would always use something like, you know, um, getting you to finance it or getting you to seller finance it. I'll try and find more familiar terms or do some or say, or let's do something like a rent to own type thing. Whatever you're willing to help work us, you know, help help us, you know, uh, if you're will, sorry, if you're willing to work with us, you know, whatever you're willing to do in order to get this thing done, because I want to, you know, I want to get you this property sold. And ultimately, you know, we're really excited about moving into it or whichever you want to say. Okay. That, but I would remove the agreement for sale portion if it's in there. Okay. So I, I cause you know what happens? Did you, did you see, uh, um, someone in the face in the real estate investing masters Facebook group? They said that, um, does anyone know someone at RBC because my seller is going to call their bank right now and ask them about agreement for sale? Ooh. Did you see that yeah, yesterday? I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why you don't mention agreement for sale early on because what happens is that someone calls their bank and be like, Hey, uh, someone's offering to do an agreement for sale. Is that okay? And then they get the 20 year old bank teller or like 20 year old quote unquote mortgage advisor who's been at it for three months on the other end of the line. They're like, Oh, let me just call my supervisor. And then it goes up the chain and everything else. And they're like, Oh uh, no, we don't know anything about that. And uh, uh, let's, let's have a look at this contract and it just gets super complicated. So just avoiding that as much as possible. I think it's important to build trust first. And when you say terms like, like a rent to own or seller finance, it's a little more, it's, they can chew on it. They, they're not going to go run to um, the bank. And if they do, they're not going to like ruin anything with between, you know, the lender and them and then kill this deal. That's my opinion on it. Okay. I'll yeah. definitely change that up. Calvin's already making me redo it because he says a lot of people can't read cursive. So I'm really sad. Mm. Yeah. I, mean, I struggled a little bit. I got the gist of it, but there is some stuff. Man. That is, yeah. And whatever you do, don't sign in blood. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> can you can you post your letter in the Facebook group after? Do you feel comfortable enough doing that? Or just yeah, a snippet of it? That. Or just yeah. a snippet of it? I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> and I think that you know you're showing that you really, really want it, and that's that's amazing. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm really hoping that we can get it. I'm like super pumped for it, especially if we can get it on an agreement for sale. Ah, I'm getting that fire up kind of feeling again. <laughs> yeah. And what about a joint venture partner? Uh, for this one, I have a yeah. JV partner with this one. Okay. And like to bring the money. Yeah. 
Is it really going to be that hard? Is it really going to be that hard to get financing? Is that the issue? Is it the financing portion? Eh, well, well, like, so, so numbers wise, their mortgage that they have owing on is three ninety five. Comparables for selling in the area is three sixty. Okay, are you trying to get? Oh, so you're trying to get an agreement for sale to justify paying yeah. over thirty five thousand yeah. dollars over market value. Yeah, and if we get an agreement for sale, you know, eight to twelve years from now, it, it, like that mortgage will be not too big of a deal. They also have two years left on their term at three percent, so we'll write off the worst part of the interest rate. Right. And in two years, interest rates should, should balance out back to 3% anyways. Exactly. So that's, there's, there's some value in there for you, which I like. Okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, best of luck, buddy. I got to, um, I got to answer Kyle's question really quickly here before I know there's another question. He waited patiently. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Gabby gave me a look like, what do you mean? I got to get this kid to school. I do. I might just bail on you. Okay. Because I know you, you answering, a, lovely, you answering lo- a question is like 15 minutes later. I care. <laughs> okay. Give everybody a love you. Bye-bye. And, and go get the kid ready for school. Okay. Love you all. Bye-bye. But be quiet up there. No jumping around doing cartwheels. You hear me, kid? No cartwheels. All right. All right, so where is his question? I saved it here. Kyle's question was, do banks negotiate? Did I unmute myself? Yes, I did. Um, Do banks negotiate when it comes to foreclosures? Or has anyone assumed a mortgage on a foreclosed property through the bank? Okay, Kyle. I will answer the second part of your question first. You cannot assume a mortgage on a foreclosed property um, because when you assume a mortgage how do I explain this simply um, technically when you assume a mortgage whoever was the original mortgagee they're still attached to the liability of it so mortgage assumptions are um, it wouldn't really work in this situation also, the foreclosure process, there's, it's such a long process and there's so many different ways that it can go. Um, and the property needs to be liquidated uh, so that the, the lender can be paid back what they're owed and the costs associated with foreclosing on it, legal expenses, realtor fees, that kind of stuff. And then the remaining equity is due and owed to the mortgagee or the person who is in foreclosure. So um, a mortgage assumption wouldn't work. Um, now, the question, the first question was, do banks negotiate when it comes to foreclosures? Uh, yes, 100%. Um, there's two types of foreclosures. There's, there's the ones that are, you know, court ordered that have made it to the court. And the court of Queens bench, um, the judge is the one that accepts the offer. And then there's also ones that are bank owned. And it's been a while since I've done the research and how one gets to court and how, and the other one is quote unquote bank owned. I can't remember how it all goes. Like it's, it's a very, it's, you're going to have to do some serious research into foreclosures, which I did years ago, but it's just, it's not something I look at every day. 
Um, but if the seller is CIBC or RBC or manual life or whatever, then you can negotiate with them. If the seller, if it's like, if it's made it to court and it's one of those types of foreclosures, those, those types of, um, I'll start with that one. The ones where it goes to court, basically what you do is you, you put your best offer in and the, the listing realtor will say, okay, we're looking, we're reviewing all offers in court on September 27th. So basically they take all of the offers from now to September 27th. And then on September 27th, they put them all in envelopes and then the judge will open them up on the 27th and choose the best one. There's no negotiations with that side. Basically just take the best one. So it's like putting your best offer and you might get it. I've heard a lot of people that, you know, have gotten some decent deals from that. But when you've got three weeks worth of people writing in, you know, their best offers, I mean, it's a little more difficult in my opinion. I don't like the uh, the court order ones um, personally because I like to be able to negotiate. Now, the ones that are that are bank owned, those ones, yeah, um, they just want to get it off the books. Right. At that point, there are laws in Canada that prevent, quote unquote, fire sales. However, as long as the bank can justify that they tried to get the most money out of this deal as possible or out of the sale as possible, I find you can get better deals with bank owned um, listings, foreclosures than, than with court. Like I actually, I like bank owned one personally, because if they're not getting any interest in that property and I throw a low ball offer at it and they've got nothing else and it's been three weeks, there's a very good chance they'll accept it. And I've had that happen. I've had that happen where they have no other offers on the table and they'll drag it out for three or four days just to see if anything else comes in. Hopefully another offer comes in, then they can leverage that. But ultimately like they're not tied to it emotionally emotionally like a like a homeowner would be you know what i mean if there's a there's a three hundred thousand dollar house and you write a two hundred sixty thousand dollar offer you know like a homeowner is going to be like that's forty thousand dollars of my equity that i'm not going to be getting from the sale because in two weeks when this thing closes i that's forty thousand dollars that's not going into my bank account so they're emotionally attached to that a bank they don't give a shit. You know what I mean? As long as they're getting what they owe, what what they're owed, and if they lose a little bit of money, big deal. You know what I mean? They're a bank. So that's my position on it. You see, so you 100% can negotiate with uh, with the bank loan foreclosures, not with the ones that have made it to court. Okay. Not a problem, Kyle. Not a problem. Um, Jay's Friday. You know, you know, you know what the thing is, the funny thing is, I actually really enjoy doing this show. I don't know if I've ever said this before. Sometimes I don't necessarily like waking up. Some days are easier than others, but most, some days, I, I don't, I don't like starting the show because it's like, you got to your ass out of bed and 
put on some clothes, splash some water in your face, and then go and try talking for an hour. But towards the end of the show, it's like, I don't really like stopping. I, I, I wish I could continue going on. This, these discussions are really fun. I love seeing people, you know, bring in their questions. I like seeing, I like answering questions. It makes me feel good. You know what I mean? And it, it's, it's really fun to watch, you know, to know that someone got their answer today and that, you know, maybe that, that's going to help Kyle make an offer on a property today and get a really good deal and get moving and, and to prove to his potential joint venture partner that he can find good deals and to, to succeed in that flip or that burr and then to show more joint venture prospects that he's got it and he's the guy. And then that's going to help him attract more joint venture capital. I, I can see it. You know what I mean? I can see the, the how this is going to progress. And it makes me feel really good. And um, so anyways, I just, I just wanted to say that I actually, I, I, I don't like stopping the show. But unfortunately, I got a day ahead of me. And uh, there's things that need to be get done. And you guys got a day ahead of you. And there's things that you need to get done. And I hope that you do them. I hope that you do what is obligated as per your responsibilities of your job and your family, but I hope that you do more today too uh, that, that pushes you forward and helps you grow and, and um, that's all I got to say about that. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.